Welcome to the Ink to Film podcast, where we read the book and then see the movie. I'm Luke. And I'm James. And this week, we discuss Leida Calogridis' 2018 Netflix series, Altered Carbon. Now let's strap on our unicorn backpack and check in to the Raven Hotel. so we finished altered carbon on netflix i mean what a binge we had 10 hours worth of material to get through and and it only took us a couple days yeah i mean i know people binged it a lot faster than me (laughs) um but for me that was a pretty quick binge i guess i'm not as uh intense as some people yeah so basically what we do here at ink to film is we read the book which we did we read altered carbon by richard k morgan and now we've moved on to the show yeah we 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 should say we discussed the book over two episodes leading up to this um, so if you want to hear our deep dive thoughts on the book, on the source material, uh, that's the previous two episodes. But this this we're going to focus more on the show um, exclusively, and then we'll just do some light comparisons probably just because I think that's, you know, that's the perspective we provide. Right. So we're going to start with a non-spoiler talk. It'll probably be pretty short. And then we're going to jump into full on spoilers. So if you haven't seen the show yet, this is your first warning. We'll let you know when we get to spoilers. Yeah, this will this will be this will be safe for you for sure. Um, and we'll, we'll we'll make sure not to spoil any bigger big plot points and keep it to general stuff. So first off, I want to talk a little bit about Leida Caligridis. She is the showrunner. She is known for screenwriting and film producing. She was a screenwriter on Shutter Island. Other films include Alexander, Night Watch, Pathfinder. She also recently wrote a screenplay for the most recent Terminator movie, and she also does work as a producer. Uh, have you seen the trailer for that new Battle Angel film that's going to come out next year sometime? I think so. It's the it's the manga that's being adapted. I think James Cameron's oh, yeah, yeah. involved in rodriguez robert rodriguez she's got um, those big eyes right yes big eyes she uh she was i think she wrote a screenplay almost like 10 years ago for for that film and it's just been in development hell like waiting to get made until now well speaking of that uh she purchased the rights to this uh film or to altered carbon from richard k morgan uh 15 years ago and wow. I, the word is she has been trying to get it made into a feature film but Hollywood didn't like kind of like how explicit the material was. And so it wasn't landing w- anywhere. And finally, Netflix, uh, you know, ordered it made um, just last year, 2016. Oh, no, wow. sorry, two years ago now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's pretty recent development. But it's interesting that it's been kind of languishing for 15 years with like nothing really happening. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a blessing for her because for this kind of show to drop on Netflix now is kind of... Um, it's kind of the first of Netflix's ventures out this far into adult material. So it's cool that it kind of worked out for her that, that she had to wait. In addition to Leada Caligridis being involved, uh, Miguel Sapochnik. I don't know if you know if, if that name is familiar to you, but he yes, is, is famous. I was going to mention the same thing. Yeah, he's famous for, for uh, a couple episodes of Game of Thrones. He directed Battle of the Bastards, Winds of Winter, uh couple of like the big action action set piece yeah. type episodes right hard home was the first one that hard was home. like whoa that guy's special and then we saw battle yeah. of the bastards and i mean just great stuff amazing yeah 
So he directed the first episode of this show, actually, the pilot of Alter Carbon. And I didn't even realize it until earlier today when I read that. So I'll have to maybe I'll rewatch and kind of think of it in terms of the fact that he was directing and see if I can see any kind of techniques that he employs that he used in Game of Thrones as well. Yeah, when you binge something, it, it it all tends to run together, right? Like, it's hard to pick out what was exactly in that episode, in this episode, right? Right. That's actually a good point, because I wanted to mention that because of the length of the show, 10 hours worth, normally we kind of do a scene-by-scene breakdown if we can. Uh, yeah. But in this one, it's more just going to be about uh, the things that stood out to us, overall thoughts, um, and that kind of thing, Once in non-spoiler and then also in spoiler. So we'll make sure not to spoil anything. Right. I, I do remember really liking the pilot. I was going to say that was the one caveat. I, I can kind of remember what was the pilot and I remember really enjoying it. So I think it was probably one of my favorite episodes. I don't know, but I'd have to like watch probably the whole series again to decide if it was my favorite episode of the series, but it, it was up there. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely right. Like pretty, pretty early on. I was, I was hooked. I was like, wow, this is, this is a cool show. Yeah. So let's just move right into non-spoiler. This, this show was really interesting for me because I was kind of expecting uh, something different than we got. But in the end, I was happy with it. Like I had a good time. It was it was just fun. It was new for Netflix. And what were your thoughts on it? So I'm of two minds about this show. I am uh, one part of me was totally geeking out about seeing this book that I really loved put to screen. And I think a lot of it was beautifully done. There was some really good performances you know, and that part of me was really happy, but then there was another part of me that was a little more critical where I didn't like some of the changes that were made um, from the source material and certain plot lines weren't landing for me. It was, you know, it's interesting. I don't want to give them, I don't want to say it was all because of the changes because one of the major changes they made, um, I won't spoil it, but it's there, you know, there's a hotel and there's a big change with that. And I thought that was a fantastic change. So they weren't all, you know what I mean, missteps, but there were some there were some major plot changes that didn't land for me. And it's it's kind of unfortunate because I think it it kept it from being what I think would have been a really good show, really great show, I should say. And instead it was it was just good. I agree. Yeah, I was um, when I said it was different. I think I think part of the reason why the show uh, wasn't everything I thought it was right away. Like in the first couple episodes, I was really thinking that this was going to be like the next Westworld or like uh, a, like big HBO-esque show like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my headspace when I was going in is I thought we were going to get kind of that subtle Westworld vibe where we were, it's like very philosophical time to breathe. And you're thinking about a lot of the things that are going on. And once I switched gears, I, I, I realized what kind of show we were going to get and I saw the performances people were turning in and I saw kind of what we what we were going forward with and I did really enjoy myself I I, all in all I thought the show was pretty fun um I I do recommend it to people uh how did you feel did you did you like it enough to recommend it to people like how did you where did you land on it ultimately I recommend it because I think it's a show that you should check out for yourself with the caveat, the same kind of caveat we put on the book in that it, there is a lot of nudity, sex, violence, really dark stuff that goes on. And in some ways, it's maybe even more visceral than the book. In other ways, not. But, um, you know, be prepared for that, I guess. And then also maybe, I don't know, temper your expectations. Like, yeah, if you if you I think the, the comparisons to Westworld aren't going to do this, aren't going to do any favors to this show because 
ultimately it's very different. Like you were saying, like the philosophical stuff is cool and it's and it's definitely present and I think at times they play it up, but it actually becomes a lot less important than I think a lot of the action set pieces, which are given a lot of um, weight in the show. And I, I think it's kind of an unfortunate choice because I think a lot of the more philosophical parts of this story are what is cooler and what um, is more interesting to me, at least. Whereas I think there was a there's a few times where it seemed like they really were just wanting to go with this kind of over the top, almost matrixy type action. Yeah. Very stylized. Which, I mean, I, I have to assume that having written the book in like 2002 or whatever, that Richard K. Morgan was kind of influenced by that like Matrix and Blade Runner's an obvious one that he was influenced by. But I mean, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Ultimately, I, I think that I, that I should have started with some of these things that I'm about to say, but I really want to say that the production design was was really amazing for a, a TV show like this on Netflix. I, I really liked the, the look was great. The effects were really well executed. Um, With a big nod to Blade Runner, I think especially the original Blade Runner, I think it really, I mean, it has a lot of original ideas. I don't want to completely say it was like copying, but there was enough where it was like a strong homage, I think, to the original Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. Well, if I was making a cyberpunk noir mystery type thing, I would do the same thing. You know, it's just like, uh, by the way, is another project we covered previous episodes. Oh, yeah, definitely check that out. The other thing that you mentioned was the fight scenes, like a lot of the fight scenes were really played up and really epic. Um, there were some that were kind of weird, but there were a couple that were, that were really, really cool. And the choreography was something else I wanted to shout out because like, there was a lot of like really well done stuff. And I know a lot of the actors, um, did like some of their own stunts in this. So it's just cool to see that kind of like dedication to doing stuff like this. So I'm going to save it for the spoiler sections, but I'm, I'm going to challenge you a little bit on two scenes in particular that I thought were not up to snuff to me. Um, yeah. action scenes but we, I, we can talk about the spoiler section because i don't want to get into specifics here. i have a, i have a I strong think. suspicion that i know which ones you're talking about something else i wanted to say was if you if you have read the novel uh like we said there are some changes and i think they do enough changes to where re- book readers whether it's whether we agree that it's good or a bad change i think there's twists that even book readers won't see coming really well, yeah, because it's different. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're not going to. Well, even so, I'm just saying like within the mystery that he's trying to solve, there's like some mm-hmm. some things that show up that we, that we like I didn't see coming, even though we've read the book. So I, I would be remiss to not mention that I watched this entire series with my wife and she has read this entire series and um, all but one, I think, of other of Richard K. Morgan's other novels and is a pretty big fan of his. And so I've only read Altered Carbon. So, you know what I mean? I'm coming from a more limited uh, place. And she said there there was a lot of Easter eggs and references to later books in this series. Oh, cool. um, In the Netflix series. Um, But also she, I would say, was more critical of the changes. Now that, you know, that could just be her, but she's someone who really likes to see things adapted more closely than this one was. And she was more frustrated, even more frustrated with some of the changes than I was without getting into specifics until we get to the spoiler section. Yeah. I mean, I can see it, especially if you have the other, the other story in your mind too, like the stuff that continues on, like you're even more invested than we are after just reading one book. So now I guess in a non-spoiler way to talk about it, I, I, from a creator point of view, I guess I can see why some of the changes were made. Like I can see, uh, I think there was an overall attempt to bring the story closer to our main character, Takashi Kovach, and, and, and make it more personal for him. 
And I can understand the impetus behind that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I can I, see why they they did that change. I totally agree with that. I was gonna say that that they they did without spoiling anything. I feel the exact same way. They 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 made some changes that that kind of brought things closer to him, while at the same same time kind of seemingly shrinking the world that this takes place in. For me, like I felt like it was kind yeah. of it kind of like closed off some things that I thought were cool in the novel. And intro- to me, it introduced some unnecessary complications in order to do the kind of bending of storylines that they had to do to make it all fit. Um, but we can't really, I mean, like we're talking about it in really yeah. oblique ways right now. So we should probably just get onto the spoiler section. And we can talk about things more specifically. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to mention is that um, even though this show is only 10 hours, 10 episodes, it's normally pretty tight. Um, but there, you can definitely tell that there was there was some padding out of the story to stretch it to those 10 episodes. Um, there's a lot of flashback stuff that takes place that was fe- didn't necessarily need to be explained, but ultimately we got it. And it, there, the, the show, the pacing kind of slows during certain sections because of the padding out of the story. So, so you thought the, the overall story had a little bit of kind of fat that could have been trimmed? A little bit. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. All right, so at this point, I think we should just move into spoilers. Yep, this is your last warning. We are going to be talking full spoilers. So go out, watch the show, and come back if you want to. If you want to get that. So right off the bat, I think we should talk about. We should kind of set up a little bit of the like uh, just one major difference, and then we'll jump yep. into characters a little bit. So the yep. main character Takeshi Kovach has been in storage for two hundred fifty years, which is um, a change. Well, and he's the sole surviving envoy, right. which is another big change. Yeah, I guess I guess if you take those two things, I, th- I kind of consider those two things together. It's the major change of his character. And it makes him a lot more of this like mythic figure, um, which it dramatically changes his character because in the book, he is more of just like a really specialized agent kind of character, but he's not like the only one in the, you know, system. And the envoys are much less kind of um, mystical and a lot more of just kind of an organization that is yep. just really good at doing what they do. And that's a pretty major change, and it really does dramatically alter this story. Yeah, I agree. And something else that completely changes it is the envoy are less of like this special task force, like military personnel thing. And now they're yep. more like these like revolutionary terrorists. So that just puts his whole thing... It basically sets him against not only like the meths, but also like the cops right off the bat because he's seen as like, or everybody in general kind of just sees him as this terrorist whenever they hear that he's an envoy. Yeah, it sets him against everything and it sets him against the, because like their whole thing in the show was to bring down the entire concept of altered carbon and, and you know what I mean? Which to me doesn't make a ton of sense with the idea that they're these really excellent warriors who are good at swapping bodies and being able to acclimate like it's the thing that they're fighting against so why you know what i mean i i guess you you're using the weapon that's that is at hand but it i don't know some of it just has some like dissonance for me where i just didn't quite i never really got onto that change storyline and 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 honestly that that we had an entire episode of flashback later on and like all that stuff was some of the weakest parts of this show to me but I don't want to linger too much on the bad because there's lots of good to talk about too. So yeah, let's move into characters right now. Um, I think yeah. we're going to do a little bit of comparison with the book versus the show. 
Um, yeah. We're just going to hit kind of the main core of people. So it's right off the bat, Takeshi Kovacs. So how about, how about let's, do, let's do it this way. You ask me one, and then I'll ask you one, but we'll both give our answers. Cool. So I'll ask you, Takeshi Kovacs, what did you think of his portrayal in, or I guess the change of his portrayal in, in this? You kind of already touched on it, but ultimately, like, where'd you land on that? Yeah, I was a little hesitant um, with the casting of Joel Kinnaman as him, and I would say overall he was pretty good. I think there were certain scenes where he shined. There were certain things he was given to do where his portrayal really worked. And then there were times where I felt like he it was a little bit outside his range. But beyond just the character, beyond the acting, there's also the character. I think the 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 added things they did to that character didn't do him any favors. And ultimately, I think Takashi Kovach in the novel is a lot cooler. I think he's a lot... It's, it's, I think the novel at its heart, you know, by comparison, is about a character who gets embroiled in a plot that isn't super personal to him, but it becomes personal. Whereas this is a lot different because of the major change of making his sister into the main antagonist. And that dramatically changes his relationship to the, to the plot. And I think because of that, it, I don't know, the character just seemed slightly less cool in the show so i think i gotta give it a book book takashi i like book takashi more as well the something that i do want to give them props for is when he was like og takashi i was really i was on board like i wanted to see more of him um throughout most of the show you mean like the the very beginning hotel scene where he gets Mm, killed no 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 um when he's with the envoys so I, what i'm saying is like we saw scenes of him with the envoys before we got the full flashback episode so mm-hmm. up until I think it was like episode seven or six or something that he was with the was the full flashback episode. Bef- yeah, up, seven or eight, I think. Up until that point, I was really liking his his like we kept getting these flashbacks with him. And like, I thought it was really cool to see his character. I thought he was I thought that honestly, he was better than Joel Kinnaman's portrayal. I just I, was, beca- I said the same thing to my wife. I totally agree with that. I thought I thought honestly. So so when he's in the hotel, he's actually another he's a third. actor, Right. Right. Yeah. him there i thought the other two actors now they were giving a lot they were given a lot less to do especially you know hotel one but i really liked both of their performances of the character you know and honestly maybe a little bit more in joel kenneman and it's a shame because i i don't want to say like I, I hated it or anything it just it just something about it wasn't quite up to snuff right i almost wish that it was like I would have I would have honestly just taken young Harrison Ford and loved to have seen him in this role because he could totally have pulled all this stuff off and that, like I would have bought it a lot more. Um, this I, I again I agree with you. I don't you. know. I, I, I mean, we're talking dreamcasting here, but to me, Harrison Ford is too much of a rogue and too I don't know. He's too he's too likable for Takashi almost. Like Takashi to me is almost more grim. Um, I don't know who I would cast as him, but someone who's like who does really good kind of serious badass kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't know who, who that is, but anyway, go on. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that Joel Kinnaman, um, I, I don't want to take that much away from, like you said, I don't want to, I, I don't want to like harp on the fact that like he didn't quite nail the role because I think he, for the most part he did. And it may have been up to the changes that they made. Um, I was, I was at first, this is something I wanted to mention for most of the actors in the show actually, is that, like I said before, I was expecting more like subdued, subtle, uh, portrayal of most of this stuff. And yeah, I knew it was going to get over the top and violent and there's going to be tons of like nudity and, and, 
I just I, I knew that that was going to happen, but I thought it was going to be more Westworld. So I was expecting that. So coming in, people were really, really, really going for it in the show. A lot of the actors yeah. were going like, like just giving it their all. And it's not a bad thing, but in some ways it's just not as like there's there's not a lot of subtlety to it. So there were times when he was more subtle in his portrayal and I was I was really into it. And then there were other times where he just they were I, you can tell that the direction was just like, go, just give it everything you've got. And he does it. And I, I think that it was cool because at the end of the day, Joel Kinnaman's like his portrayal in this role was just a sleeve anyway. Like it was just Riker's body. Yeah. So visually, it was like, I don't know, it's hard to break the character from the actor at this point, but basically like. That's how I see Takashi, even though we I know that that's not really how he looks. So if we do carry forward with another season, it won't be in his body. So it'll be interesting to see a different like actor portray this and see if like they really key into like his mannerisms or if they try to do what, exactly what he did or if they give it their own thing. Yeah, it, that, that will be really interesting. But before uh, let's 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 talk about another character. I'm going to ask you, um, Kristen Ortega. What do you think of her? So I liked, I liked, or this is, I think she's the main example of the character that I thought was going for it the most. Um, she, she was really like over the top sometimes. And like, I, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I thought that she did a great job. I thought that to preface this, she, her, her role as Ortega is much different than it is in the book. So once I got on board with that, um, yeah. and I saw that like she was going to be much more, um, emotional and much more, um, kind of linked together with Takashi, like right off the bat, they had more chemistry. Yeah. I thought she did a good job. And something that I specifically wanted to mention that I didn't mention up to this point, I should have mentioned in non-spoilers was I love the, the thing about this show where we were getting like fluidity of, of language. Like we were getting people yeah. like, f- like switching into like German and, and Spanish and Russian, and I think, and Arabic. And there were d- just different, different, um, like dialects and I thought it was cool because we're in the future it's just become I don't know languages become more fluid and it was just cool to see that representation yeah for sure and and, and so my, yeah my thoughts on Ortega are, are similar to yours it's interesting because I've seen some reaction on Twitter and 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 and, and other places where um, a lot of women seem to f- find her annoying and like her like she's too angry all the time and they find that fr- like annoying um and like I guess I can see that, but it didn't really bother me. Um, so I don't know what that is. You know why? Why it seems? And I don't know. It's a small sample size, I guess. But I just ran across several different women on Twitter, and you know what I mean, who are saying that they thought she was too angry all the time, and it was annoying. Um, I don't know what that means, but uh, take that for what you will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was very emotional throughout, and that might be due to writing and and direction or whatever. But. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I it didn't, it didn't bother me that much. Like I said, I, I actually really enjoyed her portrayal once I, once I kind of got into it and realized what, like this kind of the vibe of the show. So I think the, the next one I want to ask you about in the characters is, uh, Bancroft, Lorenz Bancroft. What did you think about Lorenz his Bancroft? I, yeah, I think he is a highlight of the show and, you know, I'm going to see if you, if you agree with me, but I think an interesting character in the book was elevated by the performance um, and by some changes. Actually, I really liked some of the additional details, additional scenes, um, things like that that we got out of him. And 
I'll go, I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and lump in Miriam, although I think she is worth talking about separately. But really, the entire Bancroft family, the entire Bancroft storyline, I thought was superior to the novel, and because, basically because of the attention and, and, and detail given to that world and to those characters. And yeah, I, um, do you know the actor's name who played Lorenz? James Purefoy. Yes, that's right. James Purefoy. Yeah, he I think he knocked it out of the park. Like he just plays that role so well. I don't know. He's so classy and refined and I did, he was perfect for the role. Perfectly cast. I I agree with you. I think that he I like him more than I did than I liked him in the book. And yep. he he was almost he was worse to me. In the book for some reason, he was he was really really bad and I didn't like him. But I I detested him even more in the show. And I thought he just played like a really good villain. And it seemed like he was like, I kind of wanted him, even though I knew how the story played out, I kind of wanted him to be the villain throughout to the end because, and we'll get to her character in a minute, but I felt like Raylene Kawahara was kind of just, she, she, I thought that her character was less interesting than it was in the book. The whole, as far as the whole, you were talking about the whole Bancroft, like family and their, their story. story. I thought that was really cool. Specifically, the thing that I really liked was the thing with the secretary that that that, how that all turned out. But I will say that the thing with his son, the the lawyer. Yeah, sorry. The lawyer. Yeah, I really liked the stuff with the lawyer because she was she was like actively chasing something like trying to become one of them. And I thought that was really interesting. But the thing with the son, um, I didn't like as much. I, I kind of wish that that wasn't in it just because. I do like the idea of of like more of his family being involved and reacting to this guy and the way that he he's like you know three hundred however many years old, and he he like what what it would be like to be a son and I thought it was interesting that his son was like doomed to be a child forever, but ultimately him him stealing his dad's body I didn't really think was that cool, or I, I mean I guess I just didn't think that it was necessary. Yeah, and and some of it, like I think some of it was used to introduce the clone like the the quick printer clone thing that they end up using later um which is a another change um but i yeah before we get into those some of those plot changes um let me ask you about i'm gonna i'm gonna lump them all together i guess the elliots overall how did you feel they compared so i liked vernon elliot i thought that it was cool that he like became part of the team and he kind of built up this team i thought that was cool I really liked the idea behind Miss Elliot being cross-sleeved. Like I thought that was yes. cool in the show. I thought that was cool. That was fun. And um, I did like Lizzie, uh, but I don't know how I felt about her being like the thing that that uh, saved the day at the end. Yeah. Like I, um, I, I, I also said that I, I agree with you on 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 all, on all counts, except for I maybe even a little more harsh on the on the Lizzie stuff. Um, yeah, I thought the other two I, Elliots were good. I thought um vernon being more integral and more of kind of like a buddy uh was cool his interactions with poe was great who we haven't got to yet yeah i think i think lizzie her storyline was changed and it was uh, became a story about kind of remaking her into this badass who could fight for herself and then that badass like in the very final episode plays a pretty pivotal role and yeah it just didn't land for me like it it, w- it felt weird to take this damaged you know traumatized girl and make her into this fighting machine 
and and I don't know some of the some of the logistics didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like her, her getting into a synth body and then becoming like the Terminator was a little weird. I, I don't know. It just something about her portrayal as a badass just also didn't quite land for me. I don't know. Yeah, and also because of like the, some of the changes, we didn't get Ninja Kovach. So it's like we needed to see that yeah. Ninja Suit Kovach, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, I was bummed too because I really liked because they had the Ninja Suit because. Uh, one of the twins gets into it, right? And like all that. But and I thought like, oh, they got it, they're gonna use it. But then they don't. And I and I kinda thought it was an unfortunate change. And I think it was it comes down to a fear that the audience, like you wouldn't keep the audience with a new version of Co- like you a new version of Kovach. Like I think the showrunner probably or and whoever else was worried about not having Joel Kinneman portray Kovach at the end. And so they wanted it to be him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it sucks because it kind of gets away from the heart of the story, which is that the car- the person inside the sleeve is what matters, not the sleeve. And and that was a decision to make sure that the sleeve stayed the same. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, If you're a non-book reader, I wonder if you even care about that at all. But to me, I that was one of the things I loved about the book is that we got this copy, we got this sleeve, and some of the things play out differently at the end. Like the copy is the one who survives. Yeah, and that's not that's not what happens in the show. Right. The whole we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a second. But the the whole end I didn't feel was quite as strong as as the book. So I I think the second half of the show um, suffers from changes and and kind of uh, like I said before, some bloating in the in the story just to pad it out. But let's move on to the to some of the other characters. Um, let's just quickly mention Poe because he he's the AI. There was an AI in the other hotel in the book, but I mean Poe Hendrix. Was, yep. Yeah, Poe was literally my favorite part of this of this show, and I wanted to ask you yeah. something specific about him. Um, what did you? I mean, it's so it's Edgar Allan Poe basically as an AI, yep. and he's in this this Raven Hotel. The Raven Hotel. And yeah. What what did you what, did you draw anything from the fact that from his work like I've read some of his stuff but I assume you've read more. What did you yeah. draw like what was the what was the reasoning behind having Edgar Allan Poe in this story? Does is there anything in his work that like pertains to like obviously death is a thing in in his in his work? But well, I think um, there was a f- that he did you know he he quoted Poe a few times obviously um, including um, you know. I think like cool. I think I can't remember for sure now. I mean, this is the problem of binging a show. But I, I, maybe when he was when he was dying, I think he quoted him. I think at one point, yeah. He, he and so there's some choice quote, quotes that get dropped. But beyond that, I think there is a theatricality. There is a gothic flair that they were able to bring to the hotel that is just like as cool as the Hendrix was. Ultimately, I think this is cooler. And I think this is a change. It just really worked. And and then they made him more of a character than he is in the book. He does more. He has more. He has more personality. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, other than the fact that I I really really liked the Bank uh, Lawrence Bancroft in particular, his performance. Um, yeah, Poe. I agree. He's probably the number one highlight. Like he's he could have his own spinoff show, which I saw someone say on Twitter, but it, it sucks because he dies. Um, but he, he you know he's amazing. Yeah, it's it's super likable. Awesome. I would totally. By the way, I I hadn't heard that or seen that. I would totally watch that show. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and, and like I, the the idea of like having him know all these other AIs and then and then using the one that's a complete asshole 
as the one that they in fact that's all new to the show and i thought it was a great change so like i want to give them props to where they made i think smart choices that made sense for their their characters and that was one that really landed. yeah and i mean it's not i i this whole we we should always start the podcast by saying like it's not easy the the movie slash show episodes by saying like it's not easy to adapt um like a work period because some people are going to be unhappy no matter what you do even if it's perfectly the same then they're not going to be happy because there weren't enough changes and so it's just like you have to kind of find this in between area and ultimately where i've said before i land on the show is like they did a good job i like this show um and this is definitely like you said one of the highlights for me so the other the other thing that i think we should we should the other character that i think we should talk about is uh raylene kawahara because yeah. that was probably the biggest change that, like I was saying before, kind of closed in the world for me. Yeah. that Her change is all tied up in this plot change. And it's, you know, in the show, she is Kovach's sister, who he has this long, lifelong connection to, and he has a loyalty to her, and all this stuff. And that's all show-specific. That's not in the book. Um, now, my wife did tell me that he does have sisters that are met in later books. But it's not like this, where it's this like all-consuming relationship. And in order to do that, they also took this sister character and they melded her with Raylene, who is who is the antagonist of the book. And in that melding, like yeah, just certain things. I don't know. It just didn't quite work as well as it could have. And but I don't even know. Like I almost am not it. Like that almost isn't as bad as. I think the Quell, what's Kel, it, Quell, Kel, Raven, yeah. I forget what her name Kel is. Chris Falconer. Kel Chris Falconer, yeah. It, like, her, like, her whole thing just didn't work as well at all. And, and that, I think that really kind of brought the plot down because it, it was a, it was an attempt to simplify and it ended up adding layers of complication that I think probably is going to probably loses some viewers you know what i mean or just like makes you disconnect from the storyline because it 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 bends credibility with how everything plays out as far as raylene is concerned i feel like that was the the easiest shorthand way for them to be like okay the main because she wasn't shown until like episode six or seven this for us to to be invested in their relationship and the past that they've had without having to hold have a full episode although they did have a full episode of them together um with the envoy without having them really flesh out the fact that he had a sister from the beginning so that it would be a twist for the viewers. I feel like them being brother and sister was just shorthand for they've had a relationship. It's, it was complicated and um, you should be invested in it because it's, it's the bond that a lot of people can relate to. And so it was a way for them to be like, this is, this is what these people are close and now they're at, at ends with the, they're, they're at odds with each other trying to fight and ultimately, I don't think that that, that was the best choice because it, I think it closes in the world. And yeah, it brings it closer. But it also, I think you said before, it like kind of doesn't, this story isn't really about it being closer to him. It's about him, it, it, like like him eventually getting into it and getting closer as as he gets thicker into the plot. All right. Well, before we go any further, I wanted to take a second to talk to you about Audible uh, Audible gave us an affiliate link, audibletrial.com forward slash ink to film. And you can use that to get uh, free credit and free 30 days. Yeah, Audible is a great service. I use it a lot to listen to the audiobooks for our projects. Um, it's just a great way to listen. If you like podcasts, you're going to like Audible and listening to their audiobooks. 
Yeah, it gives you the ability to multitask, which I think is like, I mean, it's great. So you can do dishes, you can walk a dog, you can drive, like whatever it is you're doing, you can you can make sure you're using your time well, multitask, listen to a book. It's a good way to uh, learn things, to, you know, experience new stories, all that. Um, and I wanted to go ahead and mention, so right now they are having a special sale for members only. So you'd have to sign up using our link. Um, but if you go to the sale, it's for mysteries and thrillers, which I thought was appropriate for this book because, or this show, because it, I mean, it is a mystery, right? Like it's solving Bancroft's murder. Right. Yeah, it definitely fits. Yeah. So the, the sale they're having right now, um, now when this episode gets published, uh, it'll be on Thursday, which will mean you have three days to make use of this sale. And this sale is a two for one. So you use one credit. So you could use our free credit and you can get two books. Uh, those two books could be, I mean, any. I'm looking at the list right now. They got true crime. They have thrillers. They have, you know, girl on a train, strangers on a train. They have a lot of train stuff. Um, trains on a train, have, trains outside yeah. of trains, trains inside trains. They have uh, Mr. Murder, Mr. Murder by Dean Koontz. They have a uh, book about John Wayne Gacy. They have all this stuff. So if you're if you're interested in the thrillers, you're interested in the crime novels, this is a great time to use our link to sign up for Audible, and you can find this uh, find this deal two for one sale. So yeah, again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash ink to film. All right, so moving on, I think I want to talk a little bit about Ortega and her family and all of the the goings on with that because um, she gets kind of fleshed out more because we see that her family, it, she, most of them are Catholic and she was raised Catholic and it's relevant because we know yeah. from the book that there's this order coming down to try to um, res, like bring bring people back that are Catholics so that they can testify against potential killers. And um, in this universe, in this version of the story, it's been, it's been declined. Like basically the, the motion has been declined because of um, some influence by Bancroft. And, um, but it's interesting that Ortega's family is Catholic because um, it kind of puts more, it kind of puts her in a situation to lose more because all we knew that she cared about in the world was Riker in the book. And to have more going on was cool. And also something specific I wanted to mention was how cool the Day of the Dead celebration stuff was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bringing back the grandma in that guy's body. That was really fun. Yes, that was amazing. Yeah. That part was so cool. And that actor had yep. like three different roles that he did awesome. Yeah, he also played uh, Dimitri the, twi the Twin, Cadman the Twin or whatever, um, which I also want to talk about. Um, I know we already talked about characters, but his his part in the story gets kind of butchered and part of it is given i think to the ghost walker um who is a complete show invention um and you know with some other things that the ghost walker does but i was a little bit sad because i felt like that character in the book i was like oh this is gonna be great he's gonna be scary he's gonna be really cool and and it was like they tried to do it and they in they did that animated like brief animated thing about the patchwork man right to try and make him seem scary but i think this comes down to bad casting because the guy who plays him first he's a buffoon and he's not scary at all and like every time that guy like was back as the twin like i thought it was like you know i thought it was bad and maybe not terrible but just it just didn't work i don't know they took this character that could have been really scary and they and, and interesting and they and they made him like almost a like a like a laughing point. You know what I mean? Like a like the butt of a joke. 
Yeah, it was. It, it's one. It's kind of interesting because I f- I feel like I can see this being something that they they play down in like a writer's room because because you have to compress all of the story into ten hours, and there's certain parts that they they're gonna lean into for their own for their own story that they want to tell. Um, I feel like this this character was just on the chopping block for whatever reason. And, and I think they left that patchwork. Like he does that little glitch thing when he's in the construct. Yeah. Which was cool. But which was cool because it's like the idea of him taking on all these different sleeves and being this kind of patchwork person. But, um, yeah, I feel like they just, it, it, in the end, it just, they, they didn't execute it how the book was. And, and I think that it was kind of just a nod for book readers. Yeah. The, the fact that he was even the patchwork man and a lot of the like scary cool stuff that he does is given to this ghost walker character yeah which i guess we should talk about him now uh did you have more to say about that no i mean I, and okay. I, I liked the ghost walker overall i think um he it was just like yeah it was more just that i was sad about what happened with the patchwork man that's that's all i guess yeah the ghost walker was interesting first of all his his little weapon yeah i've never seen it that was, like that. That that was, was uh, nasty and pretty cool i don't know how that works how how you can pull flesh out with that it takes grabber. A, yeah, yeah it takes a big chunk out of you and um that elevator scene was was pretty wild yeah and cool fight scene i really like that what was the name of the of her of her partner oh uh batista but that was the book right yeah i think he had a different name in the oh, show i thought he was batista in the show too maybe he was boot his name was Abood. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> I just thought of him as yeah, Batista because so, he was the same character. Yeah, so I, I think uh, his death was was like I mean I was like oh man that sucks and it kind of gave her something to do but yeah. I kind of wish we had seen a little more of him. Well, I mean, but uh, we did see more of him than we saw in the book. Like he was much more of a character. Which yeah, was cool. and I guess he was he involved had a weird with the relationship family. with her mother that yeah. seemed like it might have been romantic and I didn't. No, I that think it was. Felt yeah. like it came out of nowhere. I was I did not know that was happening. When he I, kept making jokes about her mom and I thought it was just like mom jokes. And then it turns into the fact that they, like he was there for the day of the dead celebration, like kissing her mom. And I was like, whoa, it was so random. Like I totally didn't see that coming. But um, before we get off in the weeds, I, I keep forgetting to mention this. There was a major change made to the tech. And it was they took the cortical stack and they made it into alien tech that was discovered. Through exploration and then used rather than a human invention. And I hate that change. Did you, did that even occur to you? <laughs> it's just a me thing. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I realized that, that they, they had it from alien tech, but at the end of the day, uh, Kel ultimately did like form that stuff into being a human invention that they use as the stack. But I see what you're saying. Like it was ultimately their tech that she repurposed, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it didn't really, I, I didn't, I didn't land one way or the other one. That one, that one was, I was just, okay. I, I didn't really think about it. That Let much. me convince you. <laughs> Let me explain okay. to you why, why I hated it. It takes, it takes a piece of tech that is a human invented thing from the real world, which, and I mean, like it's, it's within the realm of possibility of this is something humans could actually do. And it instead says alien magic and waves its hands. Yeah. And so so that so that so that viewers don't have to think about the implications of this being something real. And instead it says alien magic. Don't worry about it. This is how it works. So that you don't have to stress you, like it takes you you don't have to think about the concepts as a real thing that could be happening. And instead you can just go, "Okay, this is just how this world works." And I really didn't like that because I think it, I think it really uh defangs and 
cuts out all of the interesting things about the tech of the behind this entire story and it makes it almost more of a fantasy and i don't know it just really bothered me like, i really wanted them to not do that <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i can see that there was i i think the show i mean with this show they took the material and they adapted it fairly well but i think there is some of that where it's like you can definitely see whether it was studio input whether it was the actual writers whether it was the showrunner whoever I, you can tell that they're stretching the story to make it more widely appealing. Yeah, palatable for even though they push the boundaries of the violence and the sex and all that stuff. Yeah, they I th- feel like they're following the footsteps of other shows that have already done that, and then and then in in other terms, they're just kind of making it broad and and widely appealing. Yeah, which is unfortunate because, like I said, I think the philosophy behind this book and behind this show is what makes it different, and it's what makes it interesting. And it, it it really, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because I'm making a big deal out of it. Maybe people don't even care. But I just think like s- like uh, subtly and like subconsciously, it tells the viewer, don't worry about it. It's not real tech. It's alien tech, which means it can do whatever it wants. It's magic. And I just don't like that because, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I like the idea of like, this is something humans invented in, you know, 2100 or whatever. And this is a real thing. And it it just dramatically changes the entire universe to me <laughs> to not. I mean, I, I'm kind of overstating it, but I don't know. Yeah. So um, talking about the tech and, and Kel, I brought up that she kind of repurposed that alien tech. Um, let's talk about Kel and the Envoy because they, they were this in the book, like we said before, they were this task force, some sort of military trained task force. And in this, they become this more like you, this more terroristic group of of rebels who are who are just trying to bring down the system and actually kel is an amalgamation of a couple characters yeah she is not only from the book there was someone named virginia who was like the envoy trainer who was teaching takashi and she's also like herself because Kelcrest was was like this this philosopher from long before takashi was alive and then I felt like she was also Sarah, kind yes. of. Who was, yeah, because she's like the love interest. Yeah. So they put all these characters into one, and then they tried to pay off th- things for the readers with one character, and it was just tough to do. And like you said, they changed her to the point that it was like almost unrecognizable. That was some of the stuff my wife hated the most. And, and, and I guess that's because she, I guess all those characters are more fleshed out in future novels. And like Virginia Vadora, I think is her name, apparently is a really cool character in her own right. And she just gets absorbed, you know. And, and and so, yeah, it's it's kind of unfortunate. And I think that's where I say like it starts to stretch credibility that, you know, he met the envoys and then he he fell in love with the head envoy and that she is also the person who trained him. And she is also all these things. And you know, what I, mean? I don't know. It just. I don't know. Everything's so centered around him. Whereas it was before it was like him coming into this world that he didn't know much about. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. And it's kind of unfortunate because I think just subconsciously we kind of go like, really? Like for certain things, you know, like, and like the fact that his sister is also the main bad guy and and she's behind all of this and she was also caught up in the same thing. Like, I don't know. So I, I, I alluded earlier to the two action sequences that didn't land for me. Um, now I do want to say overall, I thought the action was good. I think, um, for the most part, it was good. I liked that they, a lot of the gunfights were really cool. I, I thought that the design of the Praetorians was a, was a little nod to, um, 
the Crisis video games that Richard K. Morgan writes for because they look like the main characters from that. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, there was there was a lot of cool stuff like that. But um, can you can you? I want you said you thought you could predict them, so I'm going to let you go ahead and try and see if see if it's the same ones. So. I think I know for a fact that one of them is the the anti gravity fight. Yep, absolutely. It was. I think it was really bad. Um, that's not how zero gravity works. It's. It was all just. It was. It was bad. Um, I liked the idea of the of the married couple fighting the death. I thought that was really interesting. Um, I was really sad to see them put it into this really cheesy bad zero g fight that that i don't know it involved people just like flying at each other and and punching each other not reacting in ways that it would that it would react in in zero g and just all this stuff like if you know anything about zero g and you watch that fight you're gonna cringe (laughs) yeah um i i don't know that i can predict the other one but i will i do want to mention right here a great fight just because i would think we should break up the bad with the good because ultimately like, like i've said there's a lot of good in the show and i think that we're we're really digging into it but I did like the show. Yeah, yeah. So just to just to throw in one that I liked a lot was the fight with Ortega when Ortega's locked in Ray's chamber where where all of her clones are at, and she has to like fight on her own against all of the clones that oh, keep coming to life. Absolutely, yeah, fantastic! Sh- and like, oh my god, I got to give that actress so much credit. Um, I, I, have you seen um, Eastern Promises? With Viggo Mortensen. I don't know. I haven't seen that. Okay, so it's not a spoiler because it was one of the major things in the trailer, I think. And and I won't, you know, describe like what happens in the scene really, other than the fact that Viggo Mortensen has a prolonged fight scene in which he is 100% naked. And it shows like everything. He's flopping around everywhere while he's fighting. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he was given a lot of credit. He's in a shower scene. It's really brutal. Like he, he brutally fights these like two guys and kills them, I think. But um it goes on for a really long time. And then there was all this stuff about how hard it was to shoot and like how like um, he had to be on set naked for like so much time and all this stuff that had to be like, there has to be some similar stories here because she is naked for the entire fight. The the, the one, uh, the one who plays Raylene Kawahara and I, I should know the actress's name, but I don't. Um, Her name is Daishen Lachman. Okay. Yeah. So she, she knocked it out of the park and I think she played confident and you know what I mean? She's so confident in her own skin. She was scary. Um, she just kept coming. And yeah, she really just like went for broke in this scene. And and it was really good. I agree with that. Yeah. And also like just to throw another one in there. I like the fight um, early on with uh, Takeshi. It's like in the first episode, like right away. Where, like we're the first scene of the show or whatever, where he dies and he's like shoots through the wall and like all that. Oh, yeah, that stuff. was really cool. And yeah, you get, that's Miguel Sapochnik right there. Yeah, that action right. was was really well done. I agree with that. So my my um my other big problem was the sword fight between Takeshi and Raylene at the end of the final episode. Um. And in general, the sword, the sword stuff overall felt too like excessive, um, but it really came to a head in that fight. And I think you could tell that they knew it was bad because it was all quick cuts. It was like one or two swings of the sword and then we're going to flash away to something else. It was a lot of people swinging at air instead of at each other. Um, it, there was just a lot of kind of and bad form and just it, it was it was all over the place in my opinion um i didn't I, I wanted to go back and watch it again but i didn't get a chance because i wanted to make sure i knew really why but i just remember viscerally, viscerally not believing that scene and going oh this is just bad sword fighting yeah i i um 
in general, I think the sword play was I, that scene specifically. I, I don't remember feeling like it was it was really really bad, but I think they I, they tried they really tried to hide it, and I think yeah, somewhat I were that. successful. I mean, logistically, I understand it too because they have to film ten hours of TV, and like their main actors are are tied up training for how many fight scenes and all the stuff, and like I get it, but like you say, it's probably probably a lack of of. Uh, kind of planning and choreography on that one and they were like we're just gonna have a sword fight and it'll it'll come out all right well and 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 rightfully so i think joel kinnaman probably did the majority of his training with like guns and stuff not swords because he only has this one scene where he has a brief sword fight oh yeah speaking of guns uh i think we should mention that one super dope gun that you pull the trigger and the bullet goes out and then you can recall it oh yeah i don't really know how it works but it it was fun i guess it was cool. I was like, that's an interesting gun that I've never seen before. Does he actually before. end up using that at some point in some important way? I think he does use it um, when he's like escaping the the hospital thing, the the clinic. Oh, yeah. When he just murders everybody, which was pretty cool. Which was also cool. Yeah. Um, the one scene, the one one thing I didn't like about that was the overhead shot where he shoot where he has the guns pointing in either direction. It felt mm-hmm. to me that just felt overly theatrical for the moment. I don't know. There, there's some of that stuff that I that it's too showy for Kovach. Like he doesn't, he isn't showy. He's more like, um, ruthless and methodical to me. And that felt very like showing off for the camera, but yeah, it was cool. So towards the end of the show, there is a, an added scene that I thought was really cool. It was the, uh, kind of, I'm going to call it a parlor reveal in which, uh, Takashi frames the lawyer, and I thought that was really cool. And it was a change from the book. And the reason I think it's really cool is because it's a nice homage to the mystery genre that they are borrowing so heavily from. This is a big thing in classic mysteries. You gather together all the main all the main players in the story and you have them sit around and the detective lays out his findings and in a dramatic fashion, the killer is named, right? Like, that's how a lot of mystery stories end. So I thought it was really cool to have it be this false reveal where he's doing it to convince him in this very theatrical ver- like way, but it was actually all a lie. Um, and I thought that was great. And and like I said, that continues the strength of the Bancroft storyline to me and 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 what it like they're a fucked up family and how how that all plays out. I just thought it was really cool. I Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I love that scene. Um, I actually like that scene more than the ultimate one where we find out where everything comes out about Bancroft at the end. The other thing that I feel like we should definitely mention is that when he double sleeved, uh, he met with himself. He did the rock, paper, scissors. That was fun. I'm glad that he did that. Um, But ultimately the decision to have our Kovach come back, the one that we'd been with the whole show, um, I feel like uh, is kind of pulling a punch. I feel like that's something that they felt that was broadening. It was more widely appealing to bring him back. I felt like that was a time that you you lean into that and and you kill him off and you show like that's that's how you really that like I felt like that was a big moment in the book yeah. to get at what this story was about because he has this arc of being like not really caring and and being a part of a new world and then he gets involved with some of these people and then ultimately dies for them but because of the world that we're in he continues on but it's not him he's he's he has died right so we can have more adventures with the same exact character. He just hasn't had those specific experiences. I totally agree. Yeah. In the, in the book, 
Morgan makes the stronger choice. He makes the more interesting, more shocking choice of having the main character be the one who actually dies and the copy live on. And in so doing, he's highlighting his philosophy. He's highlighting the idea that a copy of a conscience is a consciousness is identical. And in so saying, in so saying it's identical, you're left with a question of continuity. And does it matter to us that the continuity of the other character is ended when we that same character lives on in a different form? Um, and it challenges you. You know what I mean? It's 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 a it's a thought provoking, challenging thing. And instead of doing that they went the easy route. You know what I mean? They went the less challenging route. They said, don't worry, the the Kovach who's been here all along, he's the one who lives. The copy's the one who dies, as copies should, they're just copies kind of thing. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it was it was definitely a a, a frustrating choice, honestly. I, I agree. Like I it felt like a pulled punch. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Th- this story, we talked about the happy ending that Richard K. Morgan put into the story. Um, but yeah, this one had bittersweet, a, I think. Bitter, but we just mean specifically for Ortega, kind of. Um, okay, yeah. She, yeah, in the she book, gets she right ends correct. with, and and this in the show there is no happy ending really. For I mean, there's a happy ending that she we right see on back. screen. It she seems happy, but at the end of the day, she's like mourning the death of her entire family. Yeah, that's true. And <laughs> and has to deal with all this other stuff. And it, it's crazy because I feel like. Um, we get the sadder ending in the book for Kovach and the happier ending for him in the show and the sadder ending for Ortega in the show. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I just thought that. that that was something worth mentioning because like he, they, they, it seemed like they pulled a punch there with the Kovach being, being the one that we'd been with all along and then made her, made Ortega go through way more because she now has all of that family that they, they introduced to us who we came to actually like they completely murdered and killed off. So I guess it was a good device for what they wanted to do in the story. Yeah. And oh, so I wanted to ask you, what what about the actual way the Raylene stuff ended with them kind of with him staying with her by choice and holding her as the like station goes down and all that. I don't know, it just it was pretty different from the book. Um but but she was also a very different character. So just yeah. overall like I, I, you say first like what What did you think of that I think for him it hasn't been as long as it had been for her so for him he's losing the sister that he still knew somewhat and he so mm-hmm. he like even though she's doing all this evil stuff he still wants to be there with her because they talked they kept talking about family forever and all of that stuff so in the end he chose to stay with his family and like make good on his promise that like he would be there till the end basically mm-hmm. and um, I actually like that he stayed there but like I can also see somebody looking at the show and when Ortega was like banging on the door and telling him to go and he was like, no, I'm not going to go. There was really no reason other than his own kind of like moral compass was telling him to do it this way. I agree. Honestly, I like I liked that. Like if you if you accept the change that's been made, I think it was a good way to end that storyline. Um, so, yeah, I think overall it, that was well done. And it kind of brought me back around a little bit on that overall scene at, at the um head in the clouds that you know is kind of a mixed bag yeah something um, else that i really liked about this scene that i wanted to say was the princess and the peasant speech thing that kel was giving i actually found that to be pretty pretty moving for that moment of everything that was going on and i thought that was cool and ultimately i didn't agree with all of the changes that they made but i think they did a good job with a lot of the stuff that happened 
Um, I can see that. Um, I kind of fell a different way on that. <laughs> now that you oh, mentioned yeah? it, um, yeah, because it was it it it's I guess it's kind of a hot button thing in in in, in fiction right now, but it's reducing that character to this you know princess in a prison that he has to go rescue is a very tired trope you know when we talk about fridging characters and stuff like that now she hadn't been super active in the story already but it really just like highlighted how hard they were fridging that character and she instead of being a character is more of just a at the end, she's this thing that he has to rescue and save, which is a very male-oriented story. You know what I mean? Like, saving the princess. And Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it like that, but I can definitely see that. Yeah, and, and it just felt weird for that character, too, because she was so strong and so, you know, independent and not needing rescue that, I don't know, like it almost would be better to just, like, don't emphasize that part of it. You de-emphasize it, if anything. Um, and then it's also funny because he asks her for a story that doesn't end in like death and sadness. And then like, it kind of is a story that's all about death and sadness. Well, <laughs> I think that that was supposed to be, I think that the point that they were trying to make with the show and it's kind of different to the book, but I think what they were trying to say with the show is that like, it's the whole like death, uh, death is the end, but it's like, you should look forward to it because it's the end of a journey kind of thing. Yeah. Cause it's like, so she's saying like, it's not that sad because it's like. It, you shouldn't walk you shouldn't fear death and you shouldn't like always i think that's what they were trying to get yeah at. i can see what they were trying to do and and they are trying to set up maybe a second season um yeah. where i guess the point of it's going to be him trying to rescue her um so I, I mean i see it i mean there's lots of movies and shows that that thrive off of such a premise um but i don't know i, I it's weird because i also know that there are second and third books that aren't really about that that she was this kind of historical figure mm-hmm so I don't know. It's it has something to do with them combining all these characters. But um, as good as a place as that would be to end, it does remind me of one thing I forgot to mention that I wanted to talk bring up. Raylene saved Kel by copying her right before she died. Why? Well, not only why, but if she copied her right before she died, th- um, Raylene was recovered by an archaeologist. So how did she have access to the copy? Like, did she go into the wreckage and find yeah. the copy that she made and left there? So how? But, I mean, so. <laughs> but if you if you take for granted that how is somehow possible, why would why she? Why did do she that? back her up? I don't know, man. Plot. It like it it doesn't make any sense. Um, and I was talking to my wife about this, and this this is one where we were both just scratching our heads. This character who was just described and like wanting to bring down the rebellion and like hating everything Kel was doing and thinking that she would had turned her brother against her. Why would she copy her and save her? Like, unless she's lying, like I don't get it. Yeah, well, I think it's the I think it's the broad appealing thing where it's like um, there's hope for Kovach, even though yeah. like he's not going to get he doesn't like just, end up with. I thought it was audacious of them to not give any explanation. I'm like, this deserves something to where you can try and explain. Like, I thought you know if I was a writer, I would say if I really wanted to be that way, she could say. I needed to have a bargaining chip for one day down the road I thought might be valuable or something. You know what I mean? But like, she doesn't say anything. Like I thought the number one question out of his mouth should have been, why would you do that? (laughs) Like after she said that, (laughs) it makes no sense. Um, Well, so I guess that's, that should bring us to the, to the end here. Um, 
do you, I think that we both agree that there will be a second season, right? I don't know. I, 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 I they haven't announced anything, and it feels like there could be. Um, I know that I think. Well, I guess I should. I guess I should have said. Do you? Does it feel like they were leading into a second season? It feels like they I guess were we setting, don't know for sure. Yeah, it feels like they were setting up a second season. But from what I understand, a lot of the critical reception has been pretty mixed, much as this podcast has been kind of mixed. It's a mixed bag, and it'll be interesting to see if it's something they decide to renew, because I don't think a decision has been made yet. Yeah. I have a feeling that it will be renewed because this is the only type of show that Netflix has that's like this. Where yeah. it's, it's like I said, that full on adult content. So and ultimately, like seeing what Netflix is, has done so far, there have been plenty of shows that have that haven't done well. First of all, we don't they don't even release their metrics. So we don't know how well the show is doing. That's true. Ultimate like things that people come out and say are not great. Um, Netflix will come out and say, well, why did everybody watch it then? Why did everybody? Yeah. Just I mean, they're making the another Netflix? bright, right? So exactly. So it's like <laughs> we don't we don't know their metrics so we don't know how it's doing but i'm assuming a lot of people are going to watch it because it's netflix and people watch new shows on netflix and if it gets enough into the zeitgeist i guarantee there'll be a second season i I almost guarantee that there'll be a second season just based on the fact that it's netflix and they'll be like well you're getting a second season anyway yeah um which brings me around to i guess what i what i do want to say about this show in general and i want to ask you about your kind of general thoughts about this show and i think for me it was a fun show I geeked out seeing this world come to life that I really loved, this novel come to life that I really loved. There are parts of it that shine that I'm going to think back on fondly, like Poe and the and the Bancrofts and all this stuff. But ultimately, like I have a feeling that when it comes time for the end of the year, if I was going to make a list of my top 10 TV shows of the year, this might not even make that top 10. Um, there's just too many things that hold it back as much as I enjoy it. And, and like I said, so like I do recommend it, but I don't go in expecting it to be your favorite show of 2018. Cause I just think there's, we have a lot in store for us. That's going to be better than this. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that I could say that it's going to be in my top 10 either, but I think ultimately I land a little, a little, um, more positive on it. Um, okay. not that, not that I loved it completely, but there were definitely issues with it. But I had a, I had a good time all the yeah. way through. Even the parts that I felt like were dragging were were interesting and fun. More than anything, having read the book first obviously changed our both of our perspective on sure. on this. And um, I think that that I like I like you said I I do recommend it with tempered expectations. And um, if there is a second season, I'll definitely check out the second second season and and see what they're able to pull off over there. I would really love to hear from our listeners who didn't read the book, which I know is probably only going to be a select group, but if you didn't read the book at all and you watched this show and you listen to this podcast, how much of this stuff is like, oh my, like you, we're focusing on things too much from the book and not just like appreciating what's on the screen. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I want to know that non-book reader perspective. But on the other hand, I think we were, I feel like I was geeking out and loving things that otherwise maybe wouldn't be as loved if you hadn't read the book. Like, I was so happy to see certain parts of the book come to life. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I would love to hear feedback from some listeners, especially those, or any listener wants to write it back, we welcome it. But uh, <laughs> especially those who maybe didn't read the book, because I'm really curious to, to know what you thought of the show. 
Um, and hopefully, you know, if you really enjoyed it, we didn't, you know, make you sad. <laughs> um, because we did ultimately enjoy it. It just, it, it just yeah, wasn't. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a quality TV show. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's better than a lot of other shows that are out sure. there that are going on right now. So it's fun. And if you have any, I think it was daring in a lot of ways too. Like I, and it really, it really pushed the envelope in a lot of ways, um, for Netflix and for TV in general. And I liked that for sure. Yeah. And I love to see. I mean, I have a vested interest in this, but I love to see these kind of um, projects coming to life too. Like uh, this, you know, a book like this getting made into a show with this kind of material is just. It's, I'm loving. I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Hollywood right now with this kind of stuff, um, and I hope they keep doing it. You know, even if it's not always a 100% success. Yeah, you got to take risks. You got to swing for the fences. Exactly. It's not just it's not just another Marvel spinoff or something. Which I know you like Marvel, so whoa, I don't want to shit on it. But not like, that Marvel spinoffs are bad. But there are a lot of comic book shows out there, right? Like it could have just been oh, another yeah. one of those, you know. And instead, they tried yeah. something more risky with this book yeah. from two thousand. I think it's just. I think it's more than anything. You got to know kind of what you're getting into, and if it's if it's something like this. You you kind of I like I said I readjusted to the show I expected something I readjusted and I still enjoyed myself so I want to try something different this time and I'm totally springing this on you but I thought it might be fun um, at the very end of this episode let's both say whether or not we think you should watch the show read the book or do both like you know what I mean like okay. should you skip one yeah. or should you do both. Or should you, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. But yeah, let's save it for the very it. end. But before we do that, I wanted to uh, go ahead and say that if you wanted to send us feedback, um, like we talked about earlier, you can send that to inktofilm at gmail.com or you can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. We are at inktofilm on all of those. Definitely follow us on there, hook up, and we can we can chat. And I, I'm always sharing stuff on there that are pertinent to the projects that are that are coming up. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. For sure, um, that really helps. Rate and review. That's really important to the, to keep the podcast uh, getting out there to new new listeners. So you could leave us a review like this one, which comes from iTunes, five stars, splendid and insightful. This is by Matt Mott Drenol. Uh, an awesome look into some of your favorite movies that you never knew were books and vice versa. Even if you've never read the book or seen the movie, it is still an entertaining ride and worth a listen. Check them out. Perfect. That's a great review. We'd love to hear that and we'd love to, uh, to have a few more of those. Yeah, thank you for that. We really appreciate it. We also wanted to say thank you to Ross Bugden for the use of our intro and outro music. And also thanks to Audible. Uh, if you use our affiliate link, you can get 30 free days and one free credit to any audiobook in their collection. Again, our link is audibletrial.com forward slash ink to film. Okay. And so for the end here, I just thought I'd go ahead and say, uh, or I'd go ahead and ask you if, uh, if, if someone had to choose book or film, book or show, what should they choose? So is it book or show or both? Or you well, know what I mean? You answer the way you want to answer. Okay. So, I mean, obviously in terms of the podcast, I would say do both if you have the time. Sure. If you only have time for one, I would. I think I would more highly recommend the book. Okay. Uh, yeah, we are in agreement then. I, I think uh, the show was fun. If you got time for both, if you got interest in both, do both. Um, but I think you're kind of missing out if you don't read the book, I guess is what I really want to highlight because I think the book is just the superior, the slightly superior um, thing to, to consume. So 
I think that's a good place to end. Uh, oh, I wanted to say also we're going to be doing Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer coming up. So if we haven't said that enough, uh, stay tuned for that. I'm excited to jump into that book episode, which will be coming out next week. Yeah, I'm so excited for it. More sci-fi. Yep. <laughs> All right. Until then, I'm Luke. And I'm James. See ya.